the very last line of that piece that Jack just wrote says, great things are about to happen here. <laughs> Do you believe that? See, that this is... We, we, we are... <laughs> God shows His leaders, as we're going to look at today, He gives leaders vision to where we need to go. I'm telling you, I 100% wholeheartedly believe with Jack's last line. Great things are about to happen here. Because you know what? For the last eight years of our existence, great things have happened. Some of you are not the same people you were eight years ago. I don't know about you, but from whenever I say that about myself, I think, praise God. Remember where you were eight years ago? Oh, that was good, wasn't it? Maybe we, were, maybe we were having a really hard, a really hard time in life eight years ago. Maybe it was three months ago. Maybe it was a week ago. Maybe some of us didn't even know who Jesus was eight years ago or three months ago. Maybe if you're sitting here today and you don't know who Jesus is, I invite you to just listen today. Just listen with your heart and your mind and just listen to what God has to say for us today. Now we are a different church. I get no amens for that. Like, we are a different church. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Woo! Okay, good. Good. Now, I'm glad we're awake. We do have more coffee. Please caffeinate yourself. Uh, Tis the season. Caffeinate yourself. Okay? I, am, I, I will agree with what Jack said earlier. He said, he said it's, not about the, it's not the Christmas season. It's about Christ. It is. If you look all over the world in logos on Christmas and in greetings about Christmas, they try to take Jesus and God out of it, don't they? Happy holidays. Listen, you can say whatever you want. I'm not going to be offended. Uh, as for me and my house, I think we're going to stick with Merry Christmas. Okay? But we're talking, we're talking today about why that's important. And we're talking in a, in a Christmas season and, and in a world of retail, they say, no, 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 we don't want Jesus in our stuff. We don't want God in our stuff. Listen. We're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and there's not one that's more important, but I just, I dive into this subject. I love talking about worship. Now, some of you already, if you're visiting with me, or with us here at Connections, your first time, you say, well, yeah, you play guitar. Of course you love worship. You used to be a worship leader. Of course you love worship. I hope that your idea about worship changes today. I really, really do. I hope that your whole complete concept of what you think about worship or what you think worship is completely changes. Now watch this. We are a different church, right? Okay, we didn't, we didn't learn from the first time. We are a different church, right? Okay. Listen, this Saturday, if you want to get involved in something that is different... We, I'm not telling you what it is. Remember, if, if I tell you about these things, you guys post them on social media. It doesn't work out well. We're going to have a community loving this Saturday. We're going to meet at 10 a.m. This is December 12th. Saturday, 10 a.m. at the Primary Center. Okay? We're going to be doing something. I'm not telling you. You can come up at your church, hey Matt, you know, and act like you're my special friend and say, no, what are we, what are we going to do? Just show up. Okay? Just show up. Um, Ken... Jane is going to be there. He's our community loving leader. And we are going to show the community of Mount Vernon how much God loves them by being very relevant in their life. That is worship. 
Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. Uh, Francesca Battistelli singing Holy Spirit is worship. Opening the door for somebody at a restaurant is worship. No, 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 no. Only things that, say, that were sang by Jesus' culture and Hillsong are worship. Let me tell you something. I hope your idea of worship completely changes today. I hope it just changes. But in order for us to listen, <laughs> I'm going to ask God to help us. I want to ask a blessing on our service. So if you would, just, just pray with me. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come here, uh, to experience uh, songs about God you reign, amazing grace, to think about what it must have been like to be Mary. Little did she know. She knew she was getting a miracle, but she didn't know that Jesus was going to change the world. God, just to, just to worship the fact that you are beautiful. God, we ask you to speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. If you have your worship handout, my blank, my blank filler enders are going to love this. We write right off the bat. Fill one in. It says this, what does worship mean to you? Now, I challenge you, not during my sermon, not right now, Sometime this week, go back over this and that little blank space underneath that, what does worship mean to you? Fill it out. You don't have to turn it in. This is not a test. Okay? I don't teach anymore. This is not a test. This is not a final. I know I, know, I, know I hear the groans from people that are taking finals, right? Whew. Yeah. What does worship mean to you? What does worship mean to you? We're going to take a couple looks at the, in, in the Bible today and we're going to see what worship means is, but worship means different things to different people. To some people it means this. Music, singing, instruments. Right? Yeah. But to some people that's the only way. To some it's the way they serve at church and that's their worship. That's true too. Many of us, I think, I think maybe here, some of us, literally in our minds, are, are, are saying this. What is it? it can, if it can be so many different things, what is it? What is it? You know that God rejoices every time one of us, who is a follower of Jesus Christ, talks to Him in a prayer and says, God, I'm, I'm so sorry for what I did. And when we were truly repentant, do you know that God rejoices? That's an act of worship. Being obedient is an act of worship. Kids, I know, young adults, college kids, you don't like to hear this. Obeying your parents is worship. No groaning, please. Okay? It is. It is. When I came home from college, I still had a curfew. I was over 18. I said, Dad, listen. You know, trying to be in that first man-to-man talk when you're not yet a man. I was like, hey, let me talk to you about something. <laughs> Anytime you think that in your head, and you want to start a conversation off with that, it usually doesn't work, right? I said, Dad, I'm 20 years old. I have a curfew. He goes, put very, very simple terms in my house. Because you don't come home on time, you don't have a car, you don't have food, you don't have a bed, you don't have anything, you can't come in. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, the curfew's okay. I'll come back. It was obeying my parents. Did I always do it or you always do it? No. What does it mean? What does worship mean? What compels people to worship? What, what, how does worship happen? See, all these questions, maybe some are floating around. What does worship look like? Now, if you have your Bibles, 
We're going to be in just a minute. We're going to look at a scripture first, but we're going to be in First Peter. So, if you have your Bible, or your phone, or your app, or your app on your phone, or your iPad, or your iPod, or whatever you have, turn to First Peter in the New Testament. But before we get there, I want to show you something. Now, David. Anybody know who David Crowder is? You know, he has this only like this. He has a sweet truck stop hat. And he like spray painted the word Ray on his guitar. Or but the guy is incredible. Okay? David Crowder has a song and it says this. I will dance, I will sing to be glad for my king. And it's called undignified. Now undignified, we don't like that word. Undignified means shameless. Worshiping God shamelessly. I am so in love with you. I'm going to give you a key. And you can take this for what you want. You can write it down. You, can, you don't have to write it down. But I'm going to share with you something that someone told me one day that changed my life forever. Forever. You can apply this. Okay? We look at a guy named David. This is the same shepherd guy, the same guy that defeated, that defeated Goliath that we talked about a couple weeks ago that, that wasn't really the underdog in that fight. The same David that would become king. The same David that would sin. The same David that God would say that he is a man after his own heart. We see this. David understood that God desired him to celebrate what he'd done in his life. Okay? Celebration. Okay? Celebrating. Dancing. Look at this. In, look on the screen. In 2 Samuel, we see this. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. Now, listen. You can take this way out of context. You can say whatever you want to do. You ever given your kid or given a young person or given your child or your, or your spouse a present that they really, 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 really wanted? Do you remember what they acted like? <gasps> no way! Hot laps around the house. They're excited. I will tell you, it was Christmas, 1990. I remember it like it was yesterday. <sighs> 25 years ago. Wow! Anyway sat down in front of our Christmas tree and Jennifer and I were like, we just tried to be... So we, I didn't sneak. I'm not going to say she did, but we didn't try to find out everything that we were going to have all year. But this one package just sat there. You know the packages that I mean. Somebody wraps them like two weeks early. Why they do that, I don't know. Torture. That's why they do that. And they put it right in front of the tree. Jennifer and I came up with all kinds of things that this was going to be. It couldn't be a pet because it was wrapped up two weeks before Christmas. <laughs> Christmas morning, probably somewhere around 4.30 a.m., we wake up. Mom and Dad, you got to get up. Mom and Dad, get, my mom and Dad, maybe they were like your parents. They got up and they said, let's eat breakfast before we have presents. No! How about no? We got enough stuff in our stocking to sugar us until at least 8 p.m. Let's get into it. So we go... And we get to the package. We had anxiously awaited this for a long time. And they said, okay, you both, it's, it's to both of you, you can open it. And we went, oh. And it was just the anticipation. And then we just ripped into it. Now I want to tell you, I have hit home runs in college and we've celebrated. I have, I have, I have shot big deer I hunt and I've celebrated. I'm telling you. But the 
first giant celebration of my life, other than my salvation, was Christmas of 1990 when I opened a brand new Nintendo. <laughs> you want to talk about happy? How many people grew up with my generation in the Nintendo? I thank you, my people. Right on. By the way, I still have one, and you don't have to blow on the games. Yeah? <laughs> now, I was so elated. We were so happy. I was going crazy. You know, the first, what'd you do? You ripped open the package, you slammed Mario on Duck Hunt, and you got out the zapper, you know, push, push. And you weren't really good at it, and the dog would go, and you miss. I was so happy that we got to play this in my house. Now, I want to tell you something. Now, watch. God sees the way that we react with physical material presence. He sees the way that we act at games, at sporting events. You know, some of you, I've never been to all of your, I haven't been to all of your houses, but I have some super fan college friends of Mizzou football. Okay, I went to college in Missouri, Mizzou football. I have a friend who is so intense in watching college football, he has a phone brick. So when he throws it, it doesn't break his TV. But when they win, holy cow, we light up social media. Oh yeah, great. Listen, God sees that. And I think sometimes, even in my life and in your life, I think He looks at that and He says, Wow, game six, when Freeze hit the home run, there wasn't a single Cardinals fan that didn't know about that. And then God wants to get real close to me and He says, I'll let you wake up today. It's bigger than any fastball that David Freeze ever hit. You have the ability today, Matt, to worship me with your life. Wow. Look, I worship on Sunday. He said, oh no. <laughs> Think about how I've blessed you. Think about the thing. We just had Thanksgiving. Think about the things that I've done in your life. But David dances like he got a new Nintendo. I don't mean that to be comical. I'm saying you know what I'm you know the happiness that I'm talking about, don't you? You know that if you if you if you got a car, whether it was new, used, slightly runnable for your 16th birthday. You know the excitement. Listen, so David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and joy and blowing of the ram's horns. Now, this is a huge deal. Big, big deal. We do not have time to go into this. Here's the background. God had showed David and the Israelite people that He would take care of them. He had brought them out of, out of bondage, out of slavery. And when they wanted to celebrate, they did. Okay, they celebrated God had done great things in their life. And when they remembered that, it became a worship service. It became, God, thank you for letting me wake up today. Thank you. They celebrate with shouting. When David danced before the Lord, I, want to, I just want to show you this. David danced before the Lord. He was in charge of leading this whole thing. And the leader was dancing like a crazy person. He was, he was having his own jam. Now, I've talked to you about my worship experiences in the vehicle before. I love worshiping God. I do. I love it. I, I am ad addicted to music. And I, and I mostly listen to Christian music because i found in my life the negative stuff comes in and negative stuff goes out. But you know what happens... If I drive and this water bottle gets empty, 
And it's within arm's reach. If you know me, what does this become in my car? A drumstick. Everybody knows me. Drumstick. And if you drink two bottles of water, you have two. It's even better. You don't have to play the side. You can play the drums. Now the people that go by me think, man, this guy's a lunatic. Listen, when we, when we worship God, when we... Did anybody see the sunset yesterday? Anybody see the sun come up yesterday? And the frozen fog was absolutely, incredibly beautiful. Incredibly dangerous. <laughs> I, took my, I took my time going up a deer stand yesterday. A little slick. But it, was, but it was beautiful. There were cobwebs on the top of a four-wheeler that had, that had, that had frozen. It was beautiful. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, wow, there's cobwebs that God sent us fog and it froze on cobwebs. The only thing that you and I do with cobwebs is this. That's it, right? Or you take a broom and you get them out of your corners of your house. And I thought, holy cow. Look what God did. He took something that we think is completely negative. And He flash froze it. It was beautiful. Do you know that God did that just because He can? You're playing in His playground. You walk out the door, and if you like that, if you if you're into cars, if you're into hunting, if you're into sports or shopping or whatever you're into, you enjoy this world, and God says, "I want you to enjoy this world. I want you to live a life that honors Me in this world. This is your playground. Go play. Go seek out a life that I have planned for you because it's good." So these Israelite people they celebrated as they live life. Look at your worship handout. Next one. Listen to this. I want you to... Yes, this is long, but listen. Worship is thanking God for what He's done. Worship is thanking God for what He's done. Look at this. Some people think that worship can only be done by singing or playing music to God. Worship is so much more than that. The first line of this, I just want you to concentrate. Worship is thanking God for what He's done. Some of you say, well, I can't get up here and play and play guitar. I can't play the drums. I can't sing. I can't do this. You know, I have some people in this church that have told me and they are at, they are at a stage in their life where they can't physically do a whole lot. You Watch this. This is the way they worship. You ready? Every single person that's sitting in this church right now, you have been prayed for every single day of the past week. That is worship. They seek to honor God. They say, I can't do this physically. I want to do it spiritually. I want to, I want to just ask God to, to work in the lives of our people. That's worship. Worship is thanking God for what He's done. If you are taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you are taking notes, I want you to write this down. It is not going to be on the screen on purpose. I want you to write this down. When we understand how God loves us and what He has done for us, worship should come out of our lives. That's the key. When we, I'll say that again, when we understand what, how God loves us, when we understand how God loves us and what He has done for us, worship should come out of our lives. It's not just singing. It's not just playing. It's popcorn. It's coffee. It's cleaning the bathrooms. It's saying here, welcome to Connection. 
I watched somebody, I watched somebody from across a restaurant this week pay for someone else's meal. It was awesome. I never had to see somebody else do it without knowing about it. And they walked up and, and they walked by the table and it was, man, they were smooth. They put the check on the edge and they just went like this and they took it and they were out the door and the person went like this and they looked up and the, and the cash register lady goes, He's already gone. Worship is honoring God with our life. Negative things cloud our judgment. I don't have such and such, so I'm in a bad mood. I don't make such and such, so I'm in a bad mood. I don't have this, I'm in a bad mood. Someone handed me an unbelievable story from our our Touch Someone's Life gift this morning. I cannot wait to share it with you. It is absolutely incredible. How we can go from negative... Negative, 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 negative. God can use worship in our life to give and all of a sudden, God just changes them from 180 degrees. Went from a guy ranting, being negative. You know what the next thing he did? He apologized for his attitude. After he was... Now I know. What do you think? If somebody hands me a bag of money, I'll apologize to you. No. You have to hear the whole story. Life is good. God is good. There's always something you can be grateful for. My, thankful for, grateful for. My grandparents always, always, always taught me this. I don't know if you had anybody in your life to do that. Let me be that person. I don't care what situations you have going on in life. There is always something, someone that you can thank God for. That's worship. Thank you God for letting me wake up today. Some of us maybe have not been asleep yet, but we're still awake. Some of us, please. No sleeping. Thank you, God, for my health today. Thank you, God, for the roof over my head. Thank you, God, for the beautiful sunrise. You say, oh, I don't like the sunrise. Thank you for the sunset. Some of you don't even know AM is on the clock. (laughs) Finals are here. College people, you'll know where they are. What we do and how we think can make seeing the goodness of God in our lives very hard to see. If we're negative, it's hard to see good, isn't it? If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2, verse 1. Listen to this. It says this. Peter's writing, he says, You are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. Now, we are, we are, we are fast-forwarding to the New Testament. We are switching gears, still talking about worship. We had an Old Testament experience. We're going to have a New Testament experience. A while ago, some of us chose to clap. Some of us chose not to. Some of us chose to sing out loud. Some of us chose not to. Some of us chose to raise our hand or not raise our hand or whatever. But we had an opportunity. Now watch this. Old Testament, New Testament in 2015 right now, do you know what? Worship hasn't changed at all. You know why? We still honor God with what we do. If you give money, if you tithe, that's worship. It's, it's giving. Okay, Telling God how grateful you are and it will come out as worship. It says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Okay? He, go, he, goes, he goes right at them. Okay? He, says, he says, so get rid of evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. I want to ask you a question. You answer it to yourself, not out loud. You cannot elbow your mate. Listen. Do you know that it's really hard to be thankful and joyful and worshipful if all we do is talk about other people negatively? Maybe, maybe you've heard this. I heard, I heard a mother of one of my friends had some of, of his, her son's buddies over and one of, one of my buddy's friends said a cuss word. And she asked this. 
That's all it went. She goes, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Now watch, watch. Do you do something good and something evil out of the same place? You can't do, the, you can't do those at the same time. Did you know that? He says this. It says, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. It's very hard to be joyful and grateful and thankful if we're always negative. Are we cutting other people down to make ourselves look better? This... I know. I know that we have all heard this. You think, Matt, we're not having a kindergarten lesson. Listen, sometimes it's that simple. When we understand how God loves us, and what He's done for us, where He's brought us from, this whole, this, whole, this whole stuff will go away because there's not, probably not a person in here that's not guilty of most of that stuff right there. If we're making ourselves look better by cutting down others, do you pray to God in that same voice? It's hard. Listen, I put myself in this and it's really hard to even preach this message. It's hard because we are sinful people. Now look, at, look at verse 2. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. When is the last time? I'm just going to ask you a couple questions. If you want to jot them down, listen. When is the last time that you just cried out to God and said, God, I'm by myself? Maybe you're in a room full of, you know, you can worship in a room full of people and they not even know you're worshiping. It's crazy. Now, sometimes you may start fidgeting or moving or, you know, jam. But you can just be thankful in a room full of crowd and know that you're, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Now, when is the last time that you, you have thought this, this thought? When, have you, when is the last time that you thought of how thankful you are and told God about it? And we just entered Thanksgiving. We came out of Thanksgiving. Now we're in Christmas, holiday, everything. When is the last time that you've cried out to God and said, God, I want you to move in my life like you've never moved before. I want to worship you in how I live. I want to worship you in how I sing. I want you to, I want to worship. Now, some, some of you go, well, I just don't sing well. That's okay. That's why the sound people keep the volume up. Because if you sing, chances are, even if you don't sing, the person next to you can't even hear you. Bring earphones. Whatever. Listen. Listen. Offer God your life. Worship when you work. Ooh, that's another sermon. Look at verse 4 on the screen. It says this. It says, You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. You have to understand His thinking and His words here. Cornerstone is a big deal. Cornerstone means this. It's the foundation piece of a building. It's the very corner. It's, it's what everything is based on. You get the cornerstone out of place, nothing else is square. Yeah. You get the cornerstone out of place, nothing else in your life is square. The building's not square, your life is not square. If you do not have a correct cornerstone, Jesus. See, everything is to be built around the stone. It's the, it's the solid piece. It's the foundation. If you don't have that. So look at this. So we talk about this living cornerstone of God's temple. You're coming to Jesus... He has to be in the middle of your life. Look at this. He goes on to the next word. He says, He was rejected by His people, but He was chosen by God for great honor. He was rejected by His own people. Listen, He, he never sinned. And he was rejected. All He did, you know what all Jesus did? did you, you know what He did? He came to love people. 
did not come to hurt or harm people. He came to love them. And He was the one that was harmed. That doesn't make sense. I know a lot of people that are math teachers. That is not an equation that makes any sense on paper. Jesus came to do good, yet He was harmed. Verse 5, And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. Now, I don't want to scare you. I want to give you some hope about, well, my life doesn't matter about worship. Listen to this. Do you know that God is spiritually and physically building up connection using the stones of us? Now is your rock important? Now, now is your rock important? Is your puzzle piece important? Can you plug in? You ever played Jenga? You know what happens when you don't have a bottom one? The other person wins. Now listen, we're not talking about building a Jenga church. I'm talking about God spiritually and physically putting us together as a church family and binding us together. That's what He did with Him. That's what He did with the first church. He says, and you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. Watch this. He goes on. If you don't think that that's any pressure, watch this. What more? You are His holy priests. Whoa. He's in the, listen, he's talking about at a time, a holy priest, where that's a huge, huge deal. Holy priest, through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. I heard a term from somebody that is no longer with us. And he said this, take a good look at yourself in the mirror when you look in the mirror in the morning. He said, because God is seriously creating... If you're a follower of Christ, He is creating you. He is molding and shaping you to look like His Son. So literally, He said, you need to walk out of your house and go to your job or church or play or whatever you're doing because God has made a whole bunch of little Jesuses here. And He's exactly right. He says this, through the meditation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. You and I could have found 10,000 things to do other than to come here. We offer sacrifices with our time. It was really cool with what we did with these lights. What we did is, is we took all the pallets down and we left the church and, and, you know, bing, 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 elves on the shelves came through the vents and whatever and poof! Lights! Somebody sacrificed time to do that? Somebody sacrificed time to, to clean things, to make, to make sure the lobby is clean, to come to Wednesday night band practice, to come to Connect Group, to study to teach Connect Group, to sit with your children that need a nap. No, I'm not talking negatively. My, my kids need naps, okay? But there are people that give of themselves. They say, listen, we want to help teach these kids. We want to give into what your kids learn. This is worship. I don't know if anybody saw, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spotlight her, I'm going to highlight her, I'm not going to tell you her name, and now you, all you guys are going to just stalk Facebook to find who this is. But if you don't know, I want you to listen. There was somebody in our church yesterday posted on Facebook. It was the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. She posted pictures of cookies. And she gave a verse about that Jesus was going to be born of Mary. And we're going to call Him Jesus. We're going to be born a son, and we're going to call Him Jesus. They're talking about angels. About when the angel came to Mary. And that person on Facebook 
wrote on the very bottom, I can't wait to teach two-year-olds about Jesus tomorrow. If you have young children, those are the types of people that are teaching your kids right now. Does what they learn at two and four and five affect when they're 15? Yeah. Listen, look at your worship handout for the next, the next blank. It says, when worship is lived out, it has great impact on others. Some of you might be sitting here because someone literally came to you and said, hey, you should come and hang out at our church sometime. Maybe you did. Maybe you saw us online. Maybe you saw the sign. Maybe you saw you know, 5,800 people having connection t-shirts. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you were a part of a community loving and you, you were impacted and you said, hey, listen, when worship is lived out, it has great impact on other people. Some of you understand what it means and, and you know that and you remember what it's like before maybe you got your life right with God, before you came to God. If you can remember that, I don't want to glorify your past. I don't want to glorify your sin. That's not what we're doing. But watch this. I just want you to think in your head. Remember that low spot in your life? Even if you're still struggling with things, is it better today than it was? See, God... You've experienced this. Someone, maybe, came up to you, came by you. And they said, Hey, you want to come to my church? We got free popcorn. Okay. <laughs> Listen, when your worship is lived out, it has great impact on other people. That's our job. Look at verse 6. As the Scriptures say, it says this, I am placing... A cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. He says, yes, you who trust Him recognize the honor God has given Him. But those who reject Him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Jesus was rejected by so many people. Look at verse 8. And He is the stone that makes people stumble. Now wait a minute, I thought Jesus was good. Now watch. The rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they did not obey God's Word and... So they meet the fate that was planned for them. If you know me or you've been a part of Connection for any length of time and you've heard my story of my, of my 18 to 25 years old age stage in my life, you'll understand this. If you haven't, it'll, it'll probably still make sense. I was raised in church I was forced to go to church. I thank God for that. Don't see that as a negative thing, okay? When I turned 18, I wanted to do one thing. Maybe some of you can, can, can relate to this. I wanted to do one thing, my thing. And for seven years, I completely ran away from God. Oh, sure, it was easy. It was easy to not follow God when things were going good. And when things were going desperately bad, oh God, I need you again. I acted like God was a genie to me. Grant this wish to me. I need to date this girl. I need to go here. I need to have a new truck. I need to do this. To the point that I realized that I was so low, I said, God, I need you to help me save my life. And I searched for seven years this book. I searched it. I used the computer. I used books. And I wanted to try to find one thing that was untrue in it because if I could find one thing, I would not have to honor God with my life. 
because it would be untrue and I'd just say, no, I don't want to do this. I can do what I want to do. You all know how well that goes, right? It turned out well for you? Me neither. Like, wow, you're psychic. No, I'm just saying, I understand. And I wanted to, and I looked, 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 and I said, please God. I was, I was wrestling with them, and I said, I just want to find this one thing. I want to find where Jesus says to His disciples, follow me, it's going to be a cakewalk, game over. Follow me, it's going to be easy. You know what? One of the only times that Jesus even mentions even the word happy is in the Sermon on the Mount. And then He talks with things that are hard to do. Happy are the peacemakers. Oh, Happy are the meek. Whoa, no, 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 no. This is going in reverse order. Happy are the people that... Names are Matt. Happy are, and I looked for easy, and I looked for happy. Guess what I found? Jesus looked square at His disciples' face. Think about this. He looks square at His disciples' face, and He says this. They're probably begging. Jesus, tell us, just tell us how easy our life is going to be because we're following You. He says, you're going to be so easy. It's going to be so easy that 11 of you are going to die for Me. It wasn't easy. They gave everything they had. Now I get emotional. I know some of you think, man, he cries all the time. Now listen, when you think about what Jesus has done for you in this life and how we should worship Him because of what's happened, maybe, just maybe, in a secret room by yourself, God might let you get emotional. Tough. I'm a guy. I can't cry. It's okay. If you, if you, if you don't cry, it's fine. Listen, I do. Because <laughs> I'm so thankful. I am personally happy that hardly anybody in this room knew me before the age of 25. There's two sitting over here. They don't. They're really good friends and I'm married to one. It's different. You understand that change. God says, look at what I've done for you. Look how I can change your life. He goes on to verse 9. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. I don't want to be owned by anybody. If you're a follower of Christ, too bad. You were bought with a price, you can't get out of that agreement, and it's eternal. Trust me, it's a good deal. Okay? Listen to this. Is it enough? Is this enough? God's own possession. You're God's own possession. Do you know that He, He like just, this is very, very simple. This is how we talk about prayer with my daughters. And they're four and seven. We talk about this. I said, you just need to pray. Well, I don't know how to pray. I just want you to talk to God like He's sitting right next to you. I've heard prayers start like this. Hey God. When's the last time that you were so intimate in your relationship with God that you started off your prayer? Hey, God. You'd be amazed what a four-year-old will teach you. God, thank you for the animals that have my room. Because I have more than I can sleep with. Think about this. She's so grateful for her blessings in her life that it overflows. It's Monday. It's Monday and they've got to clean their rooms. Why are, you cleaning their, why are you cleaning your rooms? So it will look nice when the people come over for a connect group. Now we don't train to say that. And they get a little bit older, they'll probably dread Monday. Oh, i got to clean today. 
No, they won't. They, they love having their, their friends over. That's sacrificing. That's worship. It says, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For He called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is your calling. He has called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light. Worship is this. Worship is thinking about where you were in the dark times and now where you are in the light times. I always say, Matt, I don't, I can't, I, just, I don't just live in the times that are all good. I understand that. I get it. Welcome to earth. Listen to where, look at how God has changed where you're from and where you are. Some of you know very personal details about my life. And I went through battles with depression. I'm thankful to wake up today. Thankful that I got to see all of you. And some of you say, well, my hair's not good. I don't care how your hair looks. I don't care if you have hair. I'm glad I get to see you. It means I'm, as my grandpa, as my grandpa said, I'm still on the right side of the dirt. Listen, we have to, we live out singing songs about God. You reign. Listen, you can sing that for the next couple weeks. Think, just think about that song. Oh God! Just every time you get in your car on 90.9, boom, Lincoln Brewster, God, you reign. I want you to just look at that. What talks about God placing the stars? You know them by name. God called you out of the darkness. He called you and into the light. Look at the next blank. As a follower of Jesus, here you go. As a follower of Jesus, you are called to live a life for God. Jesus went to people in the old or in the New Testament. He would go to people that other Jewish people wouldn't even talk to. He went to the woman at the well who was a Samaritan woman. They did not exchange Christmas cards. They did not shake hands. And in fact, when a Jewish person was traveling and had to get on the other side of Samaria, they would go all the way around. They wouldn't even go through it so they wouldn't have to talk to those unclean, heathen people. And Jesus teaches them how they were going to react the rest of their life to these people. He says, he says I want to go to the well at noon. In fact, the disciples found Him and He was talking to this woman disgraceful in that time. She'd been married multiple times. Jesus encounters her. He, she said, he says, are you married? And she talks to him. He says, no, you've had, you know, you've had more than one husband. But I can forgive your sin. He forgave her. And what did she do? She walked slowly back and her head was hung down to her house. Go back and read that story. She ran and started yelling. Come and see this guy that told me all about my life. Blowing of the ram's horn. Dancing undignified. People realize what God has done. Has somebody been put in your life in the last year? Just think about this. We're nearing the end of a year. Has anybody been put in your life at some point this year that you seriously can look back and think and go, you know what? That person came into my life at just the right time. Maybe you got a phone call or a text message at just the right time. You know those things just don't randomly happen. Random. We're called to live a life. What, is, what, what does this look like to you? Now, I don't want you to answer it out loud. What does this look like to you? You're called to live a life for God. What does that look like? Does it look different than what you're doing now? When we realize what God has done for us, worship should flow out of our life. 
you understand what it means to not have God in your life, and you now know Him, see if these next verses make sense to you. Have you ever been in the same boat as me? Maybe you've been away from God, not done what God asked you to do. Maybe you were not a follower of Christ before your relationship started with Christ. Look at this next verse. Look at verse 10. It says, Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Some of you need to underline verse 10. You need to go home and you, and you scratch out people and, and, and those two peoples right there and you need to put your first name. Listen to how that sounds. Once you had no identity as Matt, now you are God's Matt. Deep. Have you ever had a time where you felt depressed, lonely? Listen, do you understand as a follower of Christ, God says, you used to be this way. Now you're this. Once you received mercy, now that you have received, uh, once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Were you wandering around this world feeling lost? How many? I'm not going to ask for, for for hands because we probably all go up. How many people were like me and they went around this world and they tried to that void in our life and you tried to plug things in, however big or small, to cover up that hole that could only be done and can only be filled by God? But we said this. We played this game. God, I appreciate what you do. I'm going to do it my way. Did it work? No. You and I both know that. It's insanity. But we kept doing because we kept doing the same thing. Like I mean, I can get better this time. I can get better this time. But God says, I want you to worship. Once you receive no mercy, now you receive God's mercy. Look at verse 11. I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. Last week, I asked people, how fast, on a scale of 1 to 10, how fast has your life gone by? The first person to answer the question, and that's 1 out of 10. They don't struggle with math. Okay? I said, 1 out of 10, how fast has your life been? They looked at me and said, 40. So, 4 times now, okay. Out of 1 to 10, how fast has your life went by? (laughs) It's fast. If you have children, you can remember bringing them home from the hospital. If you have an adult child, you realize you can remember a time where they were not even close. To an adult. He says this. He says, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners. He says, you're not here very long. We could take whoever is the oldest person in this entire church right now. You could ask them this this question. Do you think there's any way you could possibly be fill in the blank of their age? I guarantee you they would say this. I have no idea how I got this old. That fast. I've talked, I've talked with several people that are nearing the end of their life and they say, I can't, I don't even know where it's gone. My mom called, my mom, I talked to my mom this week, she goes, I was just thinking about something. I said, what's that? She goes, are you really 35 years old? I said, yes. Now, I didn't reverse that question. <laughs> Get sun points on that one. It says this. It says, To keep away from worldly desires. You're not here very long. Keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. First Peter, written in the New Testament, right after Jesus was walking this earth, 
We think today, I struggle with stuff that I can't get over. I struggle with the stuff that I struggle with, I'm the only person to ever struggle with it. That's what we say to ourselves. I'm the only person that's ever struggled with this. Hello. Guess what? Satan's not 25 years old. Satan hasn't been around for the last 100 years. Listen, this is biblical time. And people in this, this writer is saying, keep away from the worldly desires. Keep away from the lust. Keep away from the stuff. Live a life that honors God. Then, then you will see the outpouring of worship in yourself. Satan desires to trip you up. And in fact, tripping will be on his very low, very low. That's, that's the minimum that he wants to do. Huh, this guy doesn't sound very nice. Well, in biblical language, in Scripture, it says that he roams around seeking to devour. I'm not going to get graphic. Have you seen the National Geographic channel? You know, lion versus gazelle when the gazelle is not that fast? It doesn't end good. But the gazelle, it's, that's devouring. That's, that's, that's a term in nature that's not good. It's not good. Look at verse 12. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if you are accused of doing wrong, they will see you honor, your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when He judges the world. Now listen, watch this. Live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Even if you do not say a single word to your neighbor and you've lived there for 20 years and you've never talked to them, I think the chances are if you were a regular church attender, they know that. Now, some of your minds are like, well, they're, looking, they're spying at us again. Does your, does your vehicle leave your house to come to church regularly at approximately the same time on Sundays? Listen, he says this live properly. God says, you're not here that long. It has been studied based on whose study you see. A lot of us have cravings for food and we can't get it. Now I've talked about going on a diet for four hours and justifying to yourself that you deserve a blizzard. You, we, can, we can justify anything to ourselves, right? How about this? Anybody like McDonald's french fries? You know what the average... They've timed this. Somehow they can time this. I don't know. Do you know what the average time is? If you can, if you can go past a certain time, you can do... You can, you can not eat the fries. Maybe you're on diet and say, i got to stay away from those fries. Seven minutes. Don't go anywhere near a McDonald's for seven minutes. Now some of, you, now some of us, you, it may not be seven minutes, it may be 70 minutes. Okay, it can probably vary. But it says... It says I want you to worship with your life. We're talking about worship. We're, we're highlighting the, the, our time of worship and our sound and our video. That's a cool video that Jack made. Oh, Jack made it. He sacrificed time. He even took time. Watch this. He even took time to talk to you. Did you see that? He talked to you. Why? Jack and I talked very, 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 very closely. Because we love you. Why do we love you? I don't know. I'm kidding. <laughs> you know why we love you? Because him and I work closely enough together to understand where God has brought both of us in our life. 
And because God loves us so much, that's what we are to do. Do we do a perfect job every time? Absolutely not. God says, live out your life and honor me. Look at verse 13. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king is head of the state. If the speed limit says 55, go 55. Don't go... No, it's not suggested. It's Go 55 miles an hour. See, that's the problem. I taught, I taught driver's ed. They thought it was a suggestion. It's not. We go 56 miles an hour on this highway. All authority given to that state patrolman can pull you over and give you a ticket. But we like to sit on this side. We go, no, I'm entitled to go five over. I pay taxes. Listen, Jesus Himself said this. Jesus Himself. Look at this. I'm not saying this to be funny. Jesus is being very, very... This, this writer, look at this. When the king is the head of the state, submit to him. In fact, Jesus' word says this. His disciples were really curious about this. They were really having a problem. He said, well, what should we do with Caesar? His taxes are unfair. What did he say? Give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God what's God's. They didn't want to hear that. But they taxed too high. Pay them what they're asking. And God will bless you. We get our paycheck and you get the stub when it has the premium. I wish they just not include that. I lost how much money? Listen. God says, honor the people that are above you. Honor your leaders. Not just talking about work, your family, your parents. Look at 14. Or the officials He has appointed for the King has sent them to punish you who do wrong and to honor those who do right. All it is is this. This writer is saying this. Just follow the rules. Now that's hard for some of us, isn't it? Because you don't want to go 55, and I get it. I don't know if anybody that drives in this road goes exactly 55 miles an hour. Okay? We want to honor God by doing what we should do. Look at verse 15. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. When something negative happens in your life, there's nowhere in Scripture that God says this. Go to everybody that you know and tell your epic story. Get online as fast as you can and blow up social media. Rip that person to shreds, dude. They wronged you. Listen, I'm telling you, in 2015 language, what this verse says, it says, it's God's will that you live honorable lives because it should silence the ignorant people that are making foolish accusations of you. Now listen, if something negative happens, this world says get even, right? Get them back. Look at verse 16. Look at this. It says, For you are free, yet you are God's slave. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. He's saying the exact words that Jesus had said earlier. Fear God and respect the king. Respect everyone. It's easy to talk about negativity. Remember when I talked... Negativity and praise. Negativity and worship come out of the same mouth at the same time. The closest thing that I've ever seen to that is when me and my sister would be fighting. And my mom would yell at us or spank us or something and the phone would ring. And you know where this is going. You two are in time out forever. Ring. Hello. What? <laughs> There's no way. See, out of the same mouth. Listen. You guys have that experience. Upset them. 
but it never happened at the same time. God says, I want you to live a life that honors Me. That is worship. That last blank, that's from me. Look at this. God has called you to live a life worth living. I understand in this world, in our lives, we see a lot of negativity. But I want you to realize one thing. I did not make this up. This is not my words. I included it kind of from me. But look at this. God has called you to live a life worth living. Some of us have an everyday struggle with this. We say, my life's not worth anything. If, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're connecting with me, I understand where you are and I want to tell you very, very sharply and lovingly, yes it does. You were created by a loving God who loves you and cares for you. And what He wants you to do and the plans that He has for you would probably blow your mind if you could see them all. Where He can take you, where He can bring you out of. I said hi to a lady this morning that if you ask her where she was eight years ago with her walk with God, she would probably say non-existent. If you ask her today, wow, live a life worth living. Are you worshiping with your life? I hope, you're not, I hope your whole concept of worship has changed. Are you experiencing the worship that God wants you to experience? Are you? Do you get to go to work and say, man, I talked to a couple young ladies over here and I said, hey, it's a great morning. And I'm thinking, man, I'm either going to like really mess with them and they're going to think, wow, this guy's weird. Or, you know how they said it? They said, we are pumped to be here. It's exciting. People are coming in. Do you expect God to do something awesome here? He's doing it. Look. Now, our worship team brings, works very hard to bring worship in the form of music. During worship at church, God desires that this, that we sing with a good voice. No, He doesn't ever say that. That we play the instrument like uh, Eddie Van Halen. No. And you play the saxophone like Kenny G. No. You do like you're a professional. No. God says this. During worship, I want my people to remember what I've done in your life. Maybe some of you have never sang Amazing Grace like we sang it this morning. Guess what? Other than the chorus, the words didn't change. Think about this. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You ever lost something very meaningful to you? Can you imagine on a grander scale of what God thought about that? I was blind, but God came into my life. Now I see. And talks about heaven being eternal. Holy cow, I can't wait to go. But that's okay. I have a job. So do you here. We live a life of worship. We should celebrate. And when that music comes on, whoa! God, thank you. Thank you. You know, drumsticks, water bottles. I, I, I listen to Holy Spirit quite often. 
in my truck. Not because I want to just play the song out. Those words are incredible. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. When's the last time that we, in our, in our personal time, say, God, you are welcome in my life. Move freely. Will we experience worship then? This next slide. Hey, Jack. This one doesn't talk back. The video, the video he was talking to us, this one isn't just a picture. So the worship team is always looking for people with singing ability and people who play musical instruments. Here's his phone number. Listen. We're always looking for people in the worship team. Always. Singers, players, musicians, iPad button pushers. And some of you think, man, that's really cool, really cool sound. I can teach you how to do it. It comes from an iPad. And you know, between the ages of like four and eight, they're masters of them. You know, <laughs> Listen, our worship team is always looking for people. God is always looking for people to live worship out in their life too. It's not just singing, not playing. Very important, very vital. God is seeking people to say this. It's going to be a hard prayer to pray in a second. God, help me to worship with my life. Now, you and God understand what's going on, don't, don't you? You know, you know the intimate you. You know the one behind the closet door that you shut and when you're, if you're alone and there's nobody there to, to hold you at judgment and you know how you think about yourself or you know how you think about things and sometimes it can be very, very lonely. Yeah, I know where that closet door is. God is asking us, He said, He says, Matt, and you, whatever your name is, He says, I want you to worship with your life. Worship with it. Maybe you, maybe you look at that video and go, Man, I can do videos like that. Please contact us. We will plug you in. I'm going to pray a prayer in a second, and all, and all I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Oh no! <laughs> Raising our hand is not is not anything except symbolic of, of saying, "Hey, God, I'm serious about. It. I want to worship with my life. I want to worship you." more than I have been. I want to worship you more today than I did yesterday. I want to worship you after church more than I did before church. I want to live this life that you have for me. If that's what you want to pray in a second, I'm going to ask you to hold, your, hold up your hand. It's not for me to see. It's for God to see. Let's pray. If that's you, just slowly lift your hand up. Put it right back down. God, I want to worship you after church more than I did before church. God, and I know this one thing. You are who you say you are. You are a God that does reign. You sent your real Son to this earth to really die, and you really raised Him from the dead. And because you did that, there's hope. And hope is hard to find sometimes. God, we ask in this place, these people that are being, they're wanting to commit their life to worship more, Worship with their life. We ask God this. We ask that You show us ways that we can worship better. How we can change an attitude. How we can love more. How we can show more people You. Whatever we struggle with in this life, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's loneliness, maybe it's depression, whatever it is, God, that we work on this and we're always ready to give an account for what You've done 
in our life because we're not glorifying it, but God, we can remember what it's like to not have You. And God, for the people that don't have You, we ask, God, that You make Yourself very real to them. They begin taking a journey to understand what it means to have a relationship with You. God, we, we, we highlighted just one area of our church today in worship. And God, we just want to say thank You. Thank You for our leaders. Thank You for Jack. Thank You for the people that sing and play. Thank You for our people at Connection that sing well. Thank You, God, that we're able to come together and corporately worship You, God, in song, in word, God, in the way that we shake people's hands on the way out. God, we want to know You more. You are a beautiful God. And we love you. Amen. You got to high five three people before you leave church today and tell them that you love them. Love you.